We're live, rocking and rolling, new week, fresh energy, new edition of shows on what is the hottest form of Alabama football talk. This is In My Own Words with yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, live in studios. People, before we jump into the first topic of conversation, got to remind you of a Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. Download that today. We're giving you the best in practice recaps, game recaps, highlights, recruiting, press conferences, player interviews. You crave Tide football 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. The very essence of your Alabama football program. You download the app, iPhone App Store, your Rocket Team Apple, Google Play Store for all my Android users out there. Got the audio option for you on deck. You like the In My Own Words podcast, you can check it out. SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm. No excuse for you not to check out the hottest show on the streets. Huge congratulations in order for Nick Saban and the Alabama football program as it brought in the number one class far and away for 2019. Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs helped the crown for 2018. But the 67-year-old Nick Saban still showing I got some tricks up my sleeve. This class includes three five-stars, Antonio Alfano, Evan Neal, and Trey Sanders, a boatload of four-stars. You have the kicker, Ian Real Reichard, the offensive and defensive line, so much talent signed on both sides of the trenches so big kudos to Saban and the Crimson Tide getting that 2019 class squared away dive into the conversation now spring ball right around the corner usually that second to third week of March and a lot of conversation happens happens in spring clickbaiting material guys putting together different storylines different story ideas but it doesn't matter what program you're in, what division you're in, what conference you're in, what team you are. The biggest conversation spring ball always goes back to the quarterback position, and it's in three different categories. You're either in band one, in which you don't have a starting quarterback, but you got a lot of guys competing for the job. The question's always, who wins the job? Who impresses the coaching staff? Who impresses the teammates? Who gets the fans? on their feet that's number one number two if you've got a starting quarterback returning but the coaching staff doesn't really trust the guy the teammates around him are not really rocking with him the fan base is like ah he's good he's decent but maybe we can find somebody better then the question becomes who beats this guy out who can knock this guy out and then last but not least, the category where Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama find themselves in, you got the quarterback, he's really good, the fans love him, the coaching staff loves him, the players love him, he could potentially win you a national championship if he hasn't already done so, and the thing now becomes, who is his primary backup? You don't want him getting hurt, but in this day and age of college football, injuries are inevitable, and you gotta find that primary backup. That's where Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia are. From the Crimson Tide to a Tonga Bangos, the guy. There are some things he needs to work on, some things he needs to grow in, but the program, A-OK with Tua Tonga Bangoa. Now, question becomes, who be, who's the guy behind him? 
as good as Mac Jones is, coming back for a sophomore year, he understands the system, probably doesn't have the physical tools that the guys behind him have, but remains to be seen. Can he take a strong spring performance and channel it into being good in the fall? That's his biggest issue. Behind him, you got Talia Tungabangoa, one of the young guns, one of the freshmen. The thing with him is, with his brother Tua already entrenched as the guy, and as good as he is, and as dynamic as he is, a lot of the fan base feels as though Tua's already here, he's already good, as good as Tua is, Talia possibly can be even better, and once Tua moves out, you slide Talia in, and there's no drop-off. Now, like his brother, Talia's got some injury issues, but he has to get a hold of, and that remains to be seen. But the name I feel like is going to be the primary backup behind Tua. I'm not a gambling man, but if I was in the casino rolling 7-Eleven, I would have my poker chip stacked to this guy right here. And that guy is none other than Paul Tyson. And the reason why I'm high on Paul Tyson is this right here. When you bring him up to the Alabama fan base, it's he's not that good, he's not that great, he's not uberly athletic. Bama just brought him in off the name. Bama just brought him in because he's Paul Bear Bryant's great-grandson. That's all it is. He's just another warm body. He does not have that wild factor. He does not stick out to people. Just Paul Bear Bryant's great-grandson. Folks, I'm going to tell you this right now. Do not sleep on Paul Tyson. This guy potentially can be the one, will be the one, that will win Nick Saban the seventh national championship that will put him over Paul Bear Bryant in terms of national championships where the University of Alabama is concerned. Me personally, I see four NFL quarterbacks in Tyson's game right now. Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Let me repeat myself for everybody in the back right now. I see four pro quarterbacks in this kid. Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. In terms of Phillip Rivers, if you pop in a tape of Rivers for the LA Chargers, and you pop in a tape of Paul Tyson, don't tell me this is not the same arm, the same fluidity, the same mechanics, the same accuracy. Don't tell me it's not the same. And then once again, you're bringing the number 17 factor. Both guys were that same number. I got a chance to speak with Rudy Griffin, who is the defensive coordinator at Hewitt Trustville High School, former Alabama defensive lineman under Mike Shula. Griffin told me that Tyson models his game after Phillip Rivers. When you look at Phil, just a moment here, he's going into his 16th NFL season. 15 years. He's had 10 4,000-yard passing seasons. He is consistently on the NFL top 100 players. This is a guy that is a consistent top five fantasy football quarterback. The man is deadly accurate. He may win a Super Bowl ring before it's all said and done. But even if Rivers doesn't, here is a guy that's going to get serious consideration, serious votes for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that 2009 Chargers team, that went 13-3. and 
that team could have legitimately won a Super Bowl if not for some injuries. This was a team that had Phillip Rivers, LaDamian Tomlinson, Malcolm Floyd, Vincent Jackson, Antonio Gates, and that's just offensively. Defensively, we're talking about Sean Merriman, Quentin Jammer, young Eric Weddle, and Antoine Casey. That had a, that was a team with some dogs in 09. That team could have, could have legitimately won a title if not for some injuries. But Phillip Rivers, big, big, big time. And uh, Paul Tyson, two things that he takes pride in, his accuracy and his ball placement. I remember talking to a big name in terms of Alabama football, Bobby Humphrey. Played running back at the University of Alabama from 1986 to 89. His son, Marlon Humphrey, played at the University of Alabama from 2014 to 2016. He is now with the Baltimore Ravens as a big-time cornerback. Humphrey scouted out Paul Tyson. And according to Bobby Humphrey, 75 to 80% of Tyson's throws are highly catchable. Receivers are not having to stop, turn, overly adjust, overly contort their bodies. Paul Tyson is throwing guys open. He's putting passes right on the breadbasket of these wide receivers. On a team that's predominantly a run team, Hewitt Trustville, Paul Tyson, a two-time 3,000-yard quarterback. Big time factor. When you look at how he resembles Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben for the Pittsburgh Steelers is 6'5", 240 pounds. Big body. Hard to tackle with one guy is Big Ben. He has pretty quick feet for his size, real nimble feet, and can ad-lib when a play breaks down. If you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers and a play breaks down, Big Ben is able to evade the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, and either runs to throw, or he can pull the ball down and pick up some yards despite his size. Paul Tyson is 6'5", barefoot 6'5", and he's hitting 220 pounds hard. Going back to the sources I've spoken with, he can potentially max out his body at 200, between 235 and 240 pounds. You get Paul Tyson 6'5", 240, but that type of arm talent, you don't need an uberly athletic quarterback. Just let this man truck guys over and pick up five yards like Jacob Coker used to do. He's got that size of Big Ben, tough, very competitive. In terms of Brady and Drew Brees, they just mentally understood the game. Brady and Drew Brees had a way of checking the protection scheme at the line of scrimmage, switching from one protection to another protection. You wonder why Tom Brady hardly has ever hurt. You wonder why Tom Brady is going to play till he's 45 years old. Because Tom Brady never gets hit badly. Tom Brady never gets injured. And the reason why, he's able to change that protection scheme at the line of scrimmage. He's able to check into the appropriate run play. He and Drew Brees. Both guys are able to manipulate defenses with their eyes, their mind, and their savvy. And the exact same thing Paul Tyson is able to do. Got a chance to talk with his middle school coach, Marty Roselle, that worked with him at Mountain Brook in middle school. And Coach Roselle told me the biggest thing with Paul 
is Paul's leadership. When he played in middle school, when Paul was out there, his teams did not lose. Because they had a sense that when Paul is in this huddle, we got a chance to win every single game we play. The only time those teams lost is when Paul was not in that huddle. When Paul was out there, those teams won every single time. Going back to the leadership in terms of Tom Brady, Tom Brady can have elite receivers, decent receivers, cast-off receivers. You can put a two-year-old baby on the field, and Tom Brady will have that kid on a Wheaties box in no time because of his leadership. He makes everybody around him better. He makes everybody around him look good. And when you look at Tom Brady, if you go back and you watch his NFL combine sheet, his draft sheet for 2000, if I can remember this verbatim, it was skinny, poor bill, lacks great physical stature, lacks ability to avoid the rush, lacks a big-time arm, systematic quarterback that will break down if forced to ad-lib. I'm quoting this kind of verbatim, but that was on Tom Brady's draft sheet. The guy ran a 5-2, the slowest time in combine history, but yet a six-time Super Bowl champion. Why? Because mentally, he knows the game. Mentally, he can check protections. Mentally, he can get his guys in the right call. He and Drew Brees. And Paul Tyson can do the exact same thing. Going back to a source I talked to, Dan Enos was so impressed with Paul Tyson in high school that he would call him on Thursdays before the games and after the games just to break down why he would trust people to run the things that they would run. And Dan Enos came away saying, this is the most intelligent, football, knowledgeable quarterback he's ever been around. And this is coming from Dan Enos, somebody who has worked with some big names, somebody who has worked with some big quarterbacks. Paul Tyson made a 33 on the math part of his ACT. That right there tells me I'm, I'm gumping trying to bust a 20 on the math part of the ACT. This kid pulls a 33. This tells me he can process some information. He can process it down. If the pro quarterbacks don't impress you, three Alabama quarterbacks Paul Tyson reminds me of. A.J. McCarron, where leadership is concerned. Jake Coker, where size is concerned. Brody Kroll, where arm talent is concerned. If Brody Kroll would have never gotten hurt, the narrative would be way different on Brody because he had an arm that just made people drop their jaw. Brody could put the ball in a solo cup anywhere on that field. That's how good his arm talent was. But McCarron, leadership, Jake Coker, size, Brody Kroll, arm talent. Folks, do not sleep on Paul Tyson. This young man ready to go right now. And for everybody that feels like Alabama was was the only thing for him, only school for him, Paul Tyson had offers from every major college in D1. We're looking at Kentucky, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Notre Dame. He had offers from almost every major D1 school. He chose Alabama because Alabama's home. He chose Alabama because he understands 
the expectation of the program because it was birthed into it. Just like the Manning family. Archie Manning, great quarterback. Peyton Manning understood the legacy, embraced it, became great. Eli Manning started off rebelling against the legacy, but when he bought into it, you saw how great Eli became. The same thing here with Paul Tyson. He understands who he is. He understands what the legacy entails, and he's bought into it. And I don't care how many four- and five-star kids you recruit, Alabama is the, the championship dynasty, the tradition that Alabama's built on. It's built on those kids that want nothing but Bama. Their dream, Bama. Their intel, Bama. Their mindset, I got to do it at Bama. That's it. And when I look at Paul Tyson, he's got that intuition. He eats, sleeps, breathes Nick Saban. He wants to win for Nick Saban. He wants to win a title as an Alabama quarterback. Folks, the last thing I got from the source was when Paul Tyson starts throwing this football, the coaching staff is going to have a big, tough decision to make. Don't sleep on this kid. This kid is 100% uber, uber, uber special. Takes us to our first break here. On In My Own Words. Don't touch that dial, folks. When we get back, we dive into the Mike Stoops hire. Why was it big for the Crimson Tide to bring him in as a defensive analyst? We'll touch it up on the other side of his break. Don't go anywhere. It's In My Own Words.